Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. witnessed the worst game of Russell Wilson's career with the Denver Broncos and we just witnessed the worst game of Sean Payton's tenure with the Denver Broncos and that gets you to a disgusting game and one in five and one in five. Can you pass me one of those whiskeys? <laughs> well, you might need it here. You I'll think I'm you, joking? The big, the big bottle or the small need. one? Yeah, yeah, you there we go. Oh, golly. Um, and uh, speaking of one in five, the first time the Broncos have been one in five since 1994. Wade Phillips was a head coach that year. He yeah. was fired at the end of the year. And the Broncos finished seven and nine. That season. So just to show you how unusual this is. We're used to bad football around here, unfortunately, for the past almost decade. But we're not used to this bad of football. And we all thought last year was rock bottom. No, it's not. They keep creating new rock bottoms. <laughs> um, and they just find a way to keep going deep, deeper and deeper. <coughs> that was a terrible game. Uh, I thought the defense played much better than I thought they would, though. Yep. Yep. Chiefs did move the ball a lot. But, mm -hmm. I mean, when you're settling for field goals against the Chiefs, that always makes you happy. But the offense was terrible, man. There was a p point in the game where it was just like, didn't feel like there was any hope. Um, and like you said, I don't know. If, since this is the worst game in Russell Wilson's tenure as a Bronco, that means Nathaniel Hackett and Sean Payton. So what does that mean about Nathaniel Hackett's coaching versus Sean Payton's coaching? I mean, <laughs> I love Sean. Honestly, I love Sean. But... What, I don't know what's going on. Well, I started doing some research with uh, eight minutes left in the game. Broncos have zero points. And I'm like, when was the last time the Broncos were shut out? How many times were they shut out last year? Zero. Zero. Mm -hmm. uh, how many times were they shut out in Vic Fangio's tenure with the Broncos? Zero. Zero. You have to go back to Vance Joseph's first year as the Broncos head coach, 2017. And again, we're talking awful offensive football. 
the past half decade plus. And they were Chargers. shut out. Yeah, boom. Okay, okay let, let's see how deep you can go. <clears throat> how many points did the Chargers have? What week was it? Where was it? Okay, it was in LA, okay. uh, yep. in the soccer stadium. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Todd was on this team. Yeah. Trevor Simeon <laughs> was the starting quarterback for the Broncos. Would have been, yep. Um, I'm going to say the score was 24-0. It's pretty damn close. Three points off. Oh, 21-0. 20. That was my first thought. What week? This is the mace test here. It was hot. So was I'm going to say... Wasn't blazing, though. Week six. Oh, week seven. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm like... Uh, Impressive. I'm like 70% mixed. <laughs> yep, yep. You remember more than me, because I would have got none of that right. Wait, I, did you play in that game? Yeah, I was there. 21 points to the Chargers. That's respectable. Might have been injured. I'm going to just say any game that was just really yep, bad, I'm yep, just yep. Say But you I'm, weren't like an offensive player. No, so actually, yeah. it would have been better if you were an offensive player and injured. Who was the... Yeah, maybe so, yeah. <laughs> I want to say that's the game where... Um, Donald Stevenson was like hurt and then he came back like it was like mm. his return and on the first play he's in there he just gets absolutely smoked by it. Joey Bosa who just annihilates Trevor Simeon that was you know who was it it was uh um Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith in like week one when they caught the uh the sound of him with a, a free rusher coming he goes oh no uh-huh. uh, that's what Trevor would have done <laughs> yep. if there was a mic there I uh Chargers also had a punt return touchdown in that game mm, yeah tough and this was looking like it was going to be the first shutout since then. Sean Payton has never been shut out in his career. And thanks to a last second amazing catch mm-hmm. by Cortland Sutton, the Broncos don't get shut out. But speaking of the defense, Todd, you hold any team in the NFL, but you hold the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. and Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead to 18 points. You better freaking win that game yeah that's a recipe 19 to win points 19, 19 and beating the chiefs uh for us to look as bad as we did on offense i mean this is totally on offense i think you said it before the show rk we can't just have that same narrative that russell wilson isn't the problem anymore mm-hmm. because he definitely was the problem tonight uh, if they even have like a subpar offensive game i mean they definitely scored over 18 points before this year i mean we're we will be much more in that game than it felt it felt like the score was you know, 32 to nothing Yes, at times. So, terrible game. And that was my big takeaway is <clears throat> we have to put to bed that it's not Russ this year uh, narrative. And that narrative was actually living kind of on a string yep. because it wasn't the first couple weeks. And then the stats started coming out about Russ in the second half, mm-hmm. right? Because he's done all of his work in the first half. And then in the second half, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, tonight... He might have had the worst performance any quarterback has had in the NFL this year um, in terms of output. What was it, 95 passing yards? Uh, Yep. It was – let me read his stat stat line. It was 13 for 22, so just over 50%. 95 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's that's awful. And it was all – it was like the whole Russell Wilson experience from last year. It was like fully reverted back to – like like um seeing ghosts in the pocket and yep. just kind of like freaking out for no reason um we said that he had time yes and he gets jittery and maybe he's thinking like he's back in last year's offense with the old offensive line and he kind of gets jittery and even the stat that alexis had before the show he has the most time in the nfl to throw the ball yep. so i don't know if it's the offensive line all the way i feel like 
he puts himself in more trouble than he needs to sometimes. And tonight was extra that. I mean, there was that one play where I think he, just the two plays before he had scrambled and ran. And then it was uh, a, a run, a boot to the right. And I swear I couldn't tell if it was a run or a pass because Russ just, Immediate. I'm pretty sure it was a pass, but Russ was just like tucking and then pulling it back and then tucking. It was just a quarterback, like you're seeing ghosts is, is the right thing, and that's a bad place to be week six. And what's unbelievable is how many times Russ breaks the pocket <clears throat> on the wrong side of the play. Because I'm always like, how is no one open? And then, you know, credit to the Thursday Night Football broadcast, they kept kind of showing that back view. Mm -hmm. Well, there's three routes going left, and Russell Wilson's running right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's like, there's no one there. The fourth down where, like, he still, yes, should have thrown the ball, just throw it up. Right. Um, early in the game. Right. You look back, like the only person on his side of the field is Cortland Sutton, who has two defenders on top of him. Still, I'm saying throw that ball and yeah. just mm -hmm. see what happens. But it, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it feels so out of sync. It felt exactly 100% like last year, all game, batted passes at the line. Like we said, leaving the pocket before he needed to, uh, missing open receivers. And. I'm tired of seeing this narrative out there that's like, why would you tank for Caleb Williams? Like, he's not going to fix the problem. Russ isn't the biggest problem. Um, blah, blah, blah. Like, if Caleb Williams is who everyone thinks he can yeah. be or is, he absolutely can fix a lot of your problems. It's not going to be immediate. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl his first year. But, like, that's where I'm at. It's like, yes, give me Caleb Williams. It's the, it's a glimmer of hope to somehow get out of this dark, dark place where the Broncos are, where I don't see a path out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel the path out was Russ is better with Sean. Well, that path is now gone. Yep. So give me the Caleb Williams path where at least I can I can feel the hope. Here's the thing with Russell William Russell Wilson. That's who he's playing like <laughs> Russell Williams. <laughs> I'm already thinking of Caleb. <laughs> um, here's the thing with Russ is uh, his stats were better than his play. Let's go, Ryan. Taking some uh, some bourbon. Some yeah, I'm, bourbon. I feel like I'm losing my voice for about the fourth time in four weeks. <laughs> and Maybe. whiskey helps that. Yeah, it needs yeah, a little. Yeah, of course. Um, and here's the thing with Russ. His stats, even entering tonight, were better than his play. Sean Payton was doing a good job of really limiting what Russ could do, which is scary because I think it, it showed that, Ru that Sean couldn't fully give everything to Russ. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that, <coughs> Russ was not the problem for this team before tonight. Probably even with tonight, he's not the number one issue. But even before tonight, when he had 11 touchdowns to two interceptions, he wasn't the answer. And at that quarterback position, you've got to be the answer. You mm -hmm. can't just be as good as everyone else on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be better than everyone, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, to raise everyone's boats so that Peyton Manning is turning these no-name receivers into good receivers. So Peyton exactly. Manning's turning great receivers into elite, unstoppable receivers, where Peyton Manning's taking an offensive line that he played with in Super Bowl 48 and Super Bowl 50 and uh, making them seem great. And you do that as, as an elite quarterback. And Russ, even before tonight's performance, has not been that. Yeah, they say great players raise the, you know, the play of all the guys around yep. him. And I don't think he's doing it. I don't think he's really bringing guys to new heights and allowing them to be their best by showing them how to win. And he's not creating plays like you said. I didn't think we were losing because of him, but we definitely weren't winning because of him. Like, we don't look at the tape and say, 
oh, Russ put together a spectacular play here, and that's why we were able to win this game. That wasn't happening. You know, there'd be one or two plays where, like, oh, that was a nice pass by Russ, but more than that, it'd be Jalil McLaughlin or Marvin Mims putting together something to do a, a you know, big-time play. It wasn't because of him, so I don't know where we go from here. Like, like uh, RK said, I feel like I'm kind of in a limbo now because I don't see really a way out. And, you know, you could trade some guys, but you know, I don't know what we really get for that. Like we're in a long, long rebuilding process. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what stinks. And I, I think the path out is to get the quarterback, and it is there. And uh, really people quick, to the person in the comments who said he already publicly said he's not playing for the Broncos. You gotta stop getting your news from Facebook. <laughs> that that is definitely true. Um, and uh, there was something that happened at the end of the first half. A timeout by the Broncos. Couldn't have been because that just would have been. Uh, I mean, a lot of people said fireable offense. It's like no, it just has to be wrong. They had they they could have called it wrong. So uh, we just got intel on what happened at the end of the first half, and let's talk about it after I tell you about our friends Ooh, over at tease. Breckenridge Brewery. <laughs> Ryan's got the Breckenridge Distillery on set. We've got the Breckenridge Brew Brew on set. Broncos Country. But don't worry if you don't want to be drinking Broncos country right now. We're getting some cold weather soon. Vanilla Porter Jr. Nuggets going to double overtime today. Unfortunately, the loudest the bar was today was when they hit the shot to go into overtime. Is that what yep. it was? There's like 0.6 seconds on the clock. They threw a lob, tipped it in. It was cool. Yeah, that, that was uh, the highlight tonight since the Broncos weren't scoring any points. And if you want your highlight of the weekend, you got to get over to Breckenridge Beer. Make it down to the bar. And if you can't make it down to the bar, go to breckbrew.com to see where you can find all the Breckenridge Beer closest to you at breckbrew.com. Yeah, and if you love your home and you know that you're going to be there for a while, unlike most of this Broncos roster, Ooh. make sure you're protecting your home <laughs> with the Reg Hawk Roofing. They're the Jeez. best roofers in Denver. They have quality <laughs> materials, decades of experience. They're available 24-7. They have a quick response time. They're huge DNVR supporters like much of you guys are. So if you're looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them DNVR sent you. All right, let's set the scene. <laughs> 28 seconds left in the first half. Broncos have the ball at their own 44-yard line, third and five. So there's enough time for the Broncos to get the ball and or to keep the ball, get some yards, get a field goal, maybe a touchdown. Um, and there's also enough time if the Broncos don't get that we know the Chiefs, all they need is, what, 16 seconds? Is that what it was in the mm -hmm. Bills' AFC Championship game? So there's time for both teams. you got to manage the clock well here. Broncos have one timeout left. Chiefs still have a couple. Third and five, Russell Wilson gets sacked. Brutal sack. Seven-yard loss. Now it's like, oh, my gosh. Now you're really thinking, like, geez, the Chiefs could score. But they've got to burn a timeout, right? No. Timeout. Broncos. Wait, it's fourth and 12. Timeout Broncos? Everywhere says it. Uh, all the official stats say it. The the uh, refs say it. And you guys, were, we were all losing our mind. No, like, I was 100% sure <clears throat> that that was incorrect. I was talking to people downstairs just saying, like, nope, no chance. <laughs> they just got it wrong. The, obviously, it was a Chiefs timeout. And it wasn't. We just found out from Sean Payton. He admitted that he called that timeout. It was not an official mistake. He called it a boneheaded mistake. He says he was off a down. You you can't be you can't be off a down. <laughs> you just you can't be. 
If Nathaniel Hackett did this last year, oh. Jerry oh Rosberg, Jerry God. Rosberg is in here the next day yep. as uh, potentially the head coach or the at least the counter. game. Net. Yes, uh, um, this is inexcusable. <clears throat> yeah, this is really bad. Um, I think it just can't happen. I mean, he's a uh, been a head coach for in the league for 16 years. I know we talked about is this tanking. I don't know if he needed to call that call for them to lose this game. <laughs> Um, but it definitely doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, as a Buffs fan, I'm pro not counting the downs correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but but that has to be the official, <laughs> yes. not the head coach. <laughs> it's supposed to be the official, uh, not the head coach. Sean Payton is supposed to be a savant. <clears throat> you know, he's supposed to be a guy who has all the answers. He's supposed to be a guy who has coached for so long that game management is like second nature to him. And to be honest, to this point in the season, I, I have felt comfortable with his game management. Um, even at the end of the game, like I thought he managed the timeout situation correctly. But right. it, it's at the, at the worst, very worrying. And at the best, like blatant tanking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't know if there's like anything in between there that's anything good. Mm -hmm. Well, no, there's nothing. Th this better be blatant tanking yes. by Sean Payton and you can <clears throat> you can look at things and say this is real because he put out that clip last year when he was on Fox uh and Ryan you tweeted it a couple of days yep. ago or during the Broncos when they were down um and it's Sean saying there's going to be teams that intentionally tank for Caleb Williams that's how good he is now Sean is making this inexcusable <laughs> call. You're one in five with the team that he said he'd be pissed off if it wasn't a playoff team. Things are falling apart. This is the worst the Broncos have been in God knows how long. And uh, you make this call, uh, which did have a big impact on the game. And uh, we'll get back to that in a second, but I hope this is intentional tanking. If not, there have been so many things that you can look at where Sean Payton has been a big reason the Broncos have lost every single game or nearly every single game this year. Uh, go ahead. Okay, so I just want to add one more thing to this. The play calls last week <clears throat> were so bad that that's when I started to believe the tanking was really real. Because Russ, as we know, doesn't change it at the line. <clears throat> so Sean has pretty much control over what's happening. And Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minds in the history of the NFL. Yeah. And so every coach has a bad game plan, but when it's third and long and it's obvious zone coverage and you're running man beater schemes, red flags are going off for me. And then it happened again tonight where they're against zone and they run the little uh, orbit return motion with Jerry Judy and it's just like so easily covered by the Chiefs that I'm just like, I don't like either Sean's losing it and that's why he called the timeout and we're in big trouble <laughs> yeah. or he's doing or he's pressing these buttons on purpose because he's, you know, playing puppet master and I'll even go deeper and put the tinfoil hat on even further. The comment, I'll be pissed if this team doesn't make the playoffs, a cover up. Mm -hmm. The comments about the Jets, mm -hmm. he wanted to give them uh uh, bulletin board material. Oh, wow. We are going deep. Yeah, I mean, I can start, you know, because he's pressed so many wrong buttons yeah. that, hey, I feel like I'm doing Sean a favor mm -hmm. by saying, 
he's he's playing 4D chess here. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're right. I hope you're right because we can laugh about it and we can laugh all the way to the bank with it when they get <laughs> Caleb Williams if they do. If. But deep down inside, I don't think that's the case. <sighs> and that scares the hell out of me. I think I don't think that's the case either. I think the problem is that Russell Wilson doesn't have the capacity to make checks at the line of scrimmage. Like, how many times can you call a call and it kind of be the wrong call? Like, you can call a run in a stacked box mm -hmm. and probably want to check to a quick out or a slant. Yeah. And we saw Drew Brees do a lot of that. Yeah. So now when Sean makes, Peggett makes a call, he can't be right 100% of the time. So in times where he should be checking, he can't check because he doesn't have the capacity to have mm. the second play in his brain to be able to move and get everybody, you know, in the right positions to execute. So now everybody looks bad because now we're running man beaters versus own coverage. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's fair. And tonight wasn't nearly as bad in that regard, but it, it also didn't need to be. You know what I mean? Like right. the Broncos were going to lose to the Chiefs even if they wanted to win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that last week was concerning to me. Uh, and I even like for the first time all year dug into the all 22 because I was like, this couldn't have been as bad as it felt like it was on the TV copy. And it was worse. Like, I, I don't know. Like I, it was one of those things where it was like, you, you couldn't have tried to, to call worse plays in a lot of these situations. Yeah. And I just don't believe that Sean Payton is that bad. And what's so concerning in a four or five day stretch, the Broncos lose to Nathaniel Hackett and his offense. And look, the offense looks really bad in that. And then Sean Payton looks worse or just as bad as Nathaniel Hackett did last year in terms of play calling, working with Russ, yeah. game management. I mean, all of that. Um, and these, this isn't the first time that all of these things have popped up. It's not just like one bad game from it all. So, Ryan, I hope that tinfoil hat that you've got <laughs> so far on your head <laughs> is, is right or else, my goodness, it's not just – I mean, we've already established that it's not just the coach. It's not just the quarterback. It's everything. And now it's the quarterback again. So it's the entire roster plus the quarterback. What if it's the coach too now? Yeah. Oh, my God. The good thing is, with this, a lot of teams would not be able to fire Sean Payton um, after this year, after next year, after the year after that. They'd have to, like, work through his entire contract since it's so big. At least the Broncos have money to move on if they need to. And it's not time to, to fire Sean Payton. That's not what I'm saying right now. Um, but at least the Broncos have the resources to do whatever the hell they want. That's going to take a lot of money. <laughs> well, that's such a dark bright side. Yeah, we have to get rid of both it's of true. them. So that's a lot of money. It is. It's um, not for them. I get, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. But at the same time, like I said, that is a dark bright side. Um, it's really true. Especially the one thing that you can't get back or just, you know, pretend like it didn't happen is the pick. Right. Yep. Was it three Wait, first, three seconds? For Sean Payton. Oh, the picks. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Money can't buy that. Yeah, you can't get that's almost where I'm like, they're gonna have they're gonna have to ride it out a little bit. Oh but, I just went to a really dark place again <laughs> because we're all like tank, tank, tank. Now especially we are. To get Caleb Williams means you get the number one overall pick, number two overall pick, and you're getting Drake May Caleb Williams. That also it. means that your second round pick that you traded to the Saints Ugh. is like almost a first round pick yeah. that you no longer have. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's... At least they have that first pick. That's yeah, the one thank goodness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, I just have to be clear here. 
I'm not in like this Caleb Williams or Drake May boat. Uh, it's Caleb or nothing. Mm. Like, I, I don't think that those two are e even near the same plane. Mm. I got good news for and you. And I have a feeling that's going to be like a Cam Newton, Blaine Gabbert situation. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> that would be bad. Um, the good news is starting this morning, the Broncos have the hardest remaining strength of schedule. Um, the bad news is if you're tied yeah. with someone in standing, it goes by strength of schedule, not head-to-head, -head, not anything else. Strength of schedule. And the harder strength of schedule is the worst pick you get. So if the Broncos and the right, Bears... Because you're worse if you had a worse record against an easier yep, schedule. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if the Broncos and Bears are each 2-15 and 15 at the end of the season and the Bears have an easier strength of schedule, they would get that second overall pick or that first overall pick if that's what we're talking about. But um, now it's 1-5. and five. I mean... The Broncos are underdogs, by the way, to the Packers at home next week. Um, and then against the Chiefs again. So this really is looking that way. So in terms of setting up, you want the, the Panthers to start winning. Is this the lowest points Sean Payton, the Sean Payton team has ever scored? Boy, I, I wouldn't think so. But maybe. I mean, his, he's never coached a team that lost or that won less than seven games. Mm -hmm. So his teams are always decently competitive. And they were all winning by offense. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like you're either saying, okay, this is intentional oh in ways. Oh, my gosh. Or you're being thrown back to uh, what I was telling you guys before the show, which is like Les Miles when he went to Kansas at the end of his career and was like saying weird shit in post games. And oh, that was the one that didn't it just last a year? Yeah. Yes, because he was supposed to be their savior. I do remember this now. He yes. was their savior. Even like his introductory uh, thing, he was like at a basketball game saying like things that didn't make sense. Kind of reminds me of Brian <laughs> Kelly <laughs> going to uh, to LSU. That was different. He was just faking an accent. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that's what I like. To me, like those are the two places I can go in my mind. I would much rather live in the tanking world. Oh, I would too. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's looking that stat up, but I just realized, probably a lot of people have already realized this, but it just hit me. The Broncos scored fewer points tonight than any game they did last year. Mm -hmm. With the worst offense we've ever seen, fewer points tonight, eight points. The Broncos did score nine, three times, but never anything less than that. And I felt like that eight was kind of like... Uh... I don't even know if that should have been there. Yeah, that like hit on the quarterback. Oh, that yeah, too. Yeah, that hit on the quarterback. Yeah. That saved us. Like we should have maybe had three. Well, and the Broncos probably aren't even kicking a field goal there, so they're maybe they're they're, go they're for going it. for it, and then they don't get it, yeah. and then you really do get shut out. Yeah. I guess at least thank you, whatever Chiefs fan that or whatever, whatever Chiefs player that yeah, was for sure for hitting them because we're talking about another absolute embarrassment. I mean, losing to the Chiefs. Come on, we all predicted that they were going to lose. Only one person on our crew picked the Broncos to cover, um, and Alexis picked them to cover by half a point. Uh -huh. um, so no one believed that they were going to do that. So this loss isn't embarrassing, but a sh shutout would have been. What I hated the most is I just felt like the Chiefs were just trying stuff for other games. Oh. Like they weren't being even realistic in like fourth and two and third and two situations. They were just putting it in Wildcat, seeing what worked to use down the line for future games. Like, there was no respect there. They just were trying whatever they thought, you know, they could use down the line. Todd, the first drive that the Chiefs have, they're doing the Kelsey uh, catch the ball, then toss it. Who uh -huh. knows if that was designed? That was like the second play of the game. Like a hitch the and ladder. 
Yeah, yeah they're doing that on the second <clears throat> play of the game. Yeah. Like, you would ex expect teams to do this in scenarios where they have to have it or exactly. scenarios where, you know, they're what was against the Raiders, they're doing the ring around uh, the, when they're oh, killing yeah. them or something, mm -hmm. and it was so disrespectful. It's even more disrespectful yep. to do that stuff when it's a close game. Yeah, they they had no respect for the Broncos, and they were, like I said, they were just trying stuff, trick plays. When you do a hit, uh, hook and ladder, that's like a end of game option instead of doing like a hail mary. Like yeah. that's how that's yeah. like them coming out and just throwing hail marys yeah. all game <laughs> yeah. long. The Chiefs have been treating the Broncos like a lab rat for years. Yeah, and tonight was probably the most disrespectful one I've seen because of what you said, Zach. It wasn't like they were just comfortable. Oh, let's just have some fun with it. It was like, there's no way we're losing this game, so we might as well just have fun. Yeah, and then what? And to be fair, that cost them. Yes, it did. Uh -huh. At no point in the game did any of their bullshit work. No, no, no. And and Patrick Mahomes was also playing like that. Like I can literally just with Nick Benito holding onto my leg, I can just throw this <laughs> ball up. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's such a stupid thing to do. And he, I would think he thinks twice about that, doing that against the Bengals, doing that against the Bills. He probably just throws it away, I would have to imagine, or goes down. But against the Broncos, they're not going to score. What's no. it matter? I've, I have literally never lost to them, is what he's saying. Um, even like my backup, at, or the, the guy that played before me, had barely lost to them, and Alex Smith. Um, and took, so they just he took some else against Peyton. Yeah, yeah we for yeah. sure will be <coughs> Alex yeah. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real quick um, about that champagne stat, the least amount of points as offensive coordinator was three points. That's for the Giants in 2001. That doesn't count. Uh, for the New Orleans Saints, it was seven. So he beat seven. Them by one. Seven. Oh. Oh. We're Barely. not. So bad, one touch. Bad. One touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This ties it. That's exactly what it was. Um, and it was, and and then that two what, point. That, what that, year was that? Yeah, yeah. Oh my! Okay. So his very first Dang. year. Yeah. Wow. I'm first year. First year with Sean. Maybe it's only up from here. Um, Sean. Okay. Second, second year. year. Well, shoot. We can't really say that. Um, that field goal, fake field goal. That's also just ridiculous. Uh -huh. It's fourth and two. Yeah. And you're gonna sneak a tight end from that. With your that, kicker like, being the one pushing. Yeah. Like, come on. That is just, they were trying to embarrass the hell yep. out of the Broncos and laugh in their face when they did it. And, and just from a football standpoint, if you want to go for these short-yarded situations, you have the best quarterback in the world. Yes. Yeah. Never take him off the field. Just no. call a normal play with him out there. Even if you want to run it up the middle, just do it with him out there and you have the defense on their heels. Even, you know, the wildcat zone read with Kadarius Toney. Right. If you really care and you're in a close game and you're worried about it, yep. you're just letting Patrick Mahomes do his thing. Yep. But they were, they just wanted to experiment. And I've heard that Andy Reid essentially allows any coach, any person involved in the team to draw up a play on like one of the days. Like you can just bring a play and like he'll tell, he'll decide if he likes it. Like it felt like it was just like, um, like, bring your kid to work day that day and they were just running whatever the kids called yeah there i can i can remember at least almost like five or six trick plays and you talk about a short week like they didn't even practice this stuff right. like they That's just such a good point they just were probably either drawing it up or it was like remember that thing we did first week of training camp yeah let's do that right now you know can <laughs> do the guys remember that like right. they didn't practice this stuff they didn't run it full speed in practice they didn't even have the time to really put it in like it's truly disrespectful. It is. And it I, does make me feel better that it didn't work, though. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, that'll help me sleep a, little, a couple more hours tonight. But wait, which Kadarius Tony one were you talking about? Were you talking about the option? Yeah. What about the, the fullback handoff, toss back, yeah. pass? I, f- I forgot how many times they tried to just yeah. embarrass the ball. None of it worked, though. Zero. No, it didn't. Yeah. Zero out of five or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they still lost. And I, I promise you, Kadarius Tony will not get any trick plays called for him in important games mm-hmm. because he made the wrong read on the option gave and it. he just threw it into double coverage on the reverse pass. And that's that's why you try these plays in games where uh, you know you're not going to lose. And that just sucks that the Broncos are at this point. Um, that doesn't make rock bottom, but that's kind of like another thing that you just throw in and you're like, oh shit, that's the way this season's going. And if something bad happens to you, you need to call our friends over at Bacchus and Shanker. Where true. if you need to sue, smash the two, 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 to set up a free consultation. They're going to work on your case for free until they win. And they know all about winning, unlike the 2023 Denver Broncos, because they've won over a billion dollars for their clients, and you don't pay them until they win for you. So if you're hurt in an auto accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrian truck, they can even help if you're injured at work. Give them a call at Bacchus and Shanker at 222-2222. Also, shout out to our friends at Breckenridge Distillery. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I go through, like, waves where I like a certain drink. Uh, and I had been off of a whiskey wave for a while, a bourbon wave. Um, and then one of the nights here, I drank one of these Breck Distilleries. Got me right back on a bourbon wave. Uh, um, it's so good. It's so good. Both of these Broncos blends have like a nice sweet finish to them yep. um, which is what I like my favorite kind of bourbon because I usually drink it like as like a little after dinner treat yeah um, so shout out to Breckenridge Distillery these things are delicious this one I have here is the mile high blend uh, everyone needs something to drink during this Bronco <laughs> season make yours Breckenridge Distillery absolutely and uh, Todd I know you guys talked about this on the countdown the pregame show but Jerry Judy, I mean, he, uh, speaking of like grabbing headlines like the Broncos have in all the wrong ways this season, that was Jerry Judy before the game started. And you could tell right then, like, this is not going to be a good game for Jerry Judy. Um, for those of you that don't know what happened pregame, Steve Smith, since the game was on NFL Network, or no, yes, it, no, it was on Prime. Prime yeah. um, but the NFL Network was there. Steve Smith was there, and I guess on Steve Smith's podcast some point fairly recently, he called Jerry Judy a jag, just another, just a guy. guy. Um, And Jerry Judy heard it and was pissed about it. So Steve Smith went over because he said it it wasn't right, I shouldn't have said that, went over to apparently apologize to Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy wanted nothing to do with him. Before Um, he even got a chance to. Right, to apologize. Um, He uh, talked him off, and then (laughs) Steve Smith, being a job on TV, Went right over the TV. Also being Steve Smith. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Also being Steve Smith. Went right over the TV, described the entire situation that went down, and then said, "Uh, Jerry, I'm sorry for calling you just another guy, but that's exactly what you are. If any team calls me and asks if they should trade for you, I'm going to tell them no because you're a third-tier wide receiver. Crazy, crazy stuff to be happening on game day before a game. And then... so. why even like I don't I I don't I don't I don't even understand like in this one I can't just say that Steve Smith was right like 
You said something on camera, and if he doesn't want to talk about it while he's trying to prepare for the game, he doesn't have to talk about it right now. Like, and I don't have to be your friend about what you said. Like, you chose a decision to say something. Yep. Doesn't mean I have to just accept your apology, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get prepared to play right now. <laughs> yeah. F off. Yeah. Like, I can talk to you when I want to talk to you, but I don't have to give you the time just because you're on TV or you had a career. Like, I gotta talk to you while I'm trying to get my mind right. Man, stop talking to me. Like, you said what you said. Let me play my game. Yeah. I- I respect what you're saying. Absolutely. And it's a little different for Steve Smith than it is for me. But I promise you, I would never, ever, ever try to even talk to a player on game day on the field, yeah. let alone apologize to them for something that clearly, you know, caused or you felt like might have caused beef between you. Um, total wrong place, wrong time. Uh, and this is the second time in two nights that something kind of similar to this has happened where uh the whole thing with the Phillies yeah where the Braves player was mocking Bryce Harper in his own clubhouse and the reporter posted it and it caused the whole stir I mean pretty much lost the Braves the series uh and you know I was actually on the side of Orlando Arcia who said like sorry I thought I was in my own clubhouse and I could do whatever I wanted like mm-hmm. I thought there was a line crossed there mm-hmm. um, now I also get the idea of like it's the playoffs just assume you're being watched at all times like yeah. you're under a big stage but the same thing kind of applies here Jerry definitely in the wrong in the way he handled it he, I think he could have just ignored him and just walked away um, but it's kind of like I think it's poor form to just like turn around and go on TV basically <laughs> tell everyone that he cursed you out yeah and then also kind of go back on your apology because exactly. now you're emo- you're emotional <laughs> and kind of worked emotional. up about <laughs> that being said does it not feel like jerry was like purposefully tanking his trade value Oh, wow. You have the conspiracy theory <laughs> yeah. strong tonight. I, I just mean like that's cra- this it's so crazy to cause this much of a stir before a game and then you didn't even tell the rest of it. Yep, yep. Jerry goes back, I assume, into the locker room, catches wind of what happened, and then comes back out and is, like, dancing, yep. like, right behind Steve Smith, yelling stuff. It just goes back to the problem with Jerry Judy his entire career, which is maturity. Uh, I'm, like, with what, what you were saying, Todd, about, you know, Steve Smith not being in the right either, but the lack of maturity from Jerry Judy is why we're in this situation right now talking about trading him in the first place. Like he has not displayed the ability to carry himself like a professional at any point. And I honestly don't feel like he's, cause I remember his rookie season defending him. I was like, I don't remember how old he was. But I think he's like 21. Yeah. And I'm defending him and I'm saying like, he's a 21 year old kid. He's just entered the pros Let's give him some time. But I don't feel like he's any more mature today than he was then. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's a shame because he really is really talented. He is. I think I got to disagree. Okay. I think yeah. I'm on the side of the play, on the players right now. Mm. Um, I think he's, if you know Jerry, he's a quiet guy. He don't even really say too much. But if you poke me, like, <laughs> you can't, as Philip Lindsay, you can't take a jab at me. But you take a jab at me, and, I, and then I can't say that you watched it from the couch. You did watch it from the couch. He didn't even tag you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You were on the couch <laughs> tweeting it. Like, that's the truth. If you want to say what you said was the truth, then I just said a truth, yeah. too. Yeah, fair. And the same thing uh, for Steve Smith. Like, we watch that highlight, vi- that uh, hype-up video with me every week. Yep. Uh-huh. When I'm getting ready to play, I'm a different person. Yeah. I don't even cuss 
day to day. But I'm cussing like crazy on the tape because I'm hyped. Like I'm, I turn into a different animal on the field. It's like, actually really true. I just don't understand him trying to talk to him. And then I understand like Jerry come back out like, oh, you went back on TV and said something else? Like, I feel like it's a huge problem now. Like, I, all I said was like, whatever he says, like basically, I don't want to talk right now. Not saying we can't ever squash it, but just right now, leave me alone, bro. And to be to be fair, Todd, this happened like one hour before the game. Yeah. I mean, they're warming up. Jerry has his pads on, uh, and the team is going through. He's their, probably their listening team to Tupac for like the last forty-five minutes. <laughs> like he is not in a calm space right now. Yeah. Um. And but my my thing was when this other video of James Palmer that that he got that he put out where. It seems like then Jerry was. It's. I, I swore I saw Greg Dulcich like running routes in the background, and it just seemed to me like maybe he's now disconnected from the team right now. And is this going to go and impact him on the field? Now, that's not fair that Steve Smith did that to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but and who knows if it did? Jerry Judy goes out, has three catches for fourteen yards. Um, just a, a game where. On one side, there were people thinking maybe Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are going to get the Alberto game. And when I say that, I mean mm-hmm. the feature game. We're going to go feature you in this game mm-hmm. to try to bump your trade value so that teams are talking about you, so that you guys are everywhere and we can trade you after this. And Jerry certainly didn't have that. Cortland didn't have that either. Um, and it's just another disappointing game for Jerry Judy and and this Broncos number one paid receiver room yep um i just have to say I, i'm so thankful we have todd on the show yeah, like yeah because great I don't, I don't like i like that we disagree on yeah. this uh-huh. and, and i'm really thankful to have your perspective on it because it's an important perspective to have and and you know i think it's easy for people at home or people like me to look at it and and see it a certain way but it is true like you get you you're trying to become a different person before you go onto a football field you have to yep. to be successful out there so it's a it's a layered thing, but I I'll just put it this way: whether it was intentional or not, it certainly did not help Jerry Judy's trade value. Mm-hmm. No, it it didn't. It didn't. Um, and speaking of Jerry Judy's trade value, this coming from Troy Rank, Jerry Judy didn't have any comment about that exchange with Steve Smith um, and what it did for his game. But Troy asked him about trade rumors, and he said, "Quote: I am present where my feet are." Todd, as a former player. Do we read into that? Because I would be reading into it a ton. Um, I, I think it's the truth. I mean, I think he hears the trade rumors and he has no control of it over it. So it's basically like, man, if you want to trade me, you're going to trade me. So wherever I'm at, I'm like, you got what's a Rolling Stone? Wherever I lay my hat is my home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have no control. So I guess wherever I'm at, that's where I'm going to be present. That's what I'm trying to make, make the most of because there's literally nothing he can do if the team wants to move on from him. He can't, like, call the front office to say, like, I really want to be here. Like, no, they've made their decision. Like, he just kind of got to roll with it now. Let me just say this. I know they just got Claypool, but if you're the Miami Dolphins, why would you not trade to have Jerry Judy come be your third receiver and reunite with Tua? Oh, man. And Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Jerry (laughs) Judy. Yeah. With Tua. Like, and, and the price is... Unfortunately for the Broncos, not going to be that high. No, no, and they're already building like the most unstoppable offense ever with speed and athleticism. And he'll be running better routes that fit Jerry Judy, like long crossing routes, deep over routes. Like all they have him running at the Broncos is he runs the slant 
yeah. all the time, or he'll run like a, a a seven route, which is like a corner, but you break it off before it's a full corner. Like those are the only catches I see Jerry have, and those are the only routes I see him run. Like for him to be explosive, he has to run explosive routes, and they're not doing it with him. No, I can't even remember them targeting him on a nine this year. No. It honestly feels like Jerry is not part of the game plan. Uh, it feels like when he gets the ball, it's either a screen, mm-hmm. which I guess is part of the game plan, it or it's like an afterthought. Um, and it's, to me, when a coach does something that doesn't make sense once, maybe it's because they messed up. <laughs> maybe it's because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Maybe it's because um, a play just broke another way. But when it's six weeks into a season... And this guy that just seems so talented um, is not involved in the game plan. You kind of got to take a step back and say, maybe it's not the coaches. Maybe it's how they view this player. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's pretty clear that they do not view Jerry Judy as the number 15 overall pick in a very deep wide receiver class. They view him far from that. Well, and Zach, this goes back to a conversation we had at the Combine two years ago. <clears throat> so not this last Combine, but the one before it talking to a Broncos coach at the time and I was like still hype on Jerry Mm -hmm. and I was just like man Jerry we you know we just get him a quarterback he's gonna go crazy right and I could not believe the reaction I got from the coach which was just like I don't know about that and I was like I was like taken aback Mm -hmm. and we came home that night yeah and we were talking about it I was like I can't believe that they were that cold on Jerry and that that goes to what you're saying. Like, I, I, I don't think they see him as a centerpiece of the offense at all. Yeah. No, and this is, what, three coaches now? Now, to be fair to Jerry, too, what is it, three different offensive coordinators mm-hmm. in the past three years, maybe even four in the four years he's been here. Um, but I think what we're all kind of coming to is this might have been Jerry Judy's last game with the Denver Broncos or last couple of games because now – Broncos have a long weekend. They have, what, 10 days before their next game against the Green Bay Packers, and we know that there's now sitting at 1-5. and five, There's going to be a lot of trade speculation that pops up with Jerry and, and a lot of other players, which we will certainly dive into. Go ahead. But first, got to tell you about our <laughs> friends over at here, right here. Got to tell you about us. <laughs> we want you to be part of our family Become a diehard. We had so many diehards in the building today. Uh, and when you come into the building and you're a diehard, you're going to get 15% off your tab at the bar. Always, you're going to get 20% off all of our events. You're going to get 20% off merch. Always, you're going to get a free T-shirt at sign up. And you can see some of our Broncos shirts here. We got Justin Simmons one. We've got uh, our DNVR Broncos one. Uh, and we actually, we have two of them on there. And uh, we're going to have a Pat Sertan shirt Ooh. soon, too. You can pick that nice. bad boy to be in there as well. Um, so you want to become a member. And then also, you're going to get a free shirt every single year after that as well when you continue to roll with us we really appreciate it um and it just makes this community just continue to grow and and be a good place even when the broncos are bad i just can't wait for what this pod what this community what the bar is gonna be like when we get to cover a winning team it's gonna be a blast yeah i hope i'll be i'm around for that (laughs) i don't know what it'll be but hopefully i want to be a part of the team when that happens so (laughs) i don't want to go anywhere me too me too todd (laughs) when you said to be around i thought you meant like on this earth oh no (laughs) you think it's gonna take that (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god! I'll, I'll be looking down like finally, finally. <laughs> um, my wife, I had this conversation with her after the Broncos' loss on Sunday. I think Not it's the first time I've heard you say that. I know it's weird still. Yeah, I gotta keep Congrats. feel the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to uh, to be reminded of it. Um, but I'm I'm like, uh, you know, she's like, well, the Broncos are gonna be good again, right? And I was like, yeah, like, probably. <laughs> and she's like, well, every team, like, has to be good at some point, right? And I was like, yeah, every team probably is good at some point, but the Broncos have already been good. So uh, maybe they've already had that. I would have said, don't tell the Lions. <laughs> oh, that, you have to be good at some point. That's very, well, right now, maybe. Could be. Yeah. Man, it's wild that that Lions game, I still look at the Lions game that the Broncos play in December and think, like, Initially, I'm like, oh, oh not Lions. bad. And then I realize, like, wait, no, no, no. Four and this, one. Is, yeah. this is a different Lions team. Yeah, probably five and one after this week. It's, yeah. I do think that that was Jerry Judy's last game as a Bronco. I, it, I'm taken back to uh, Emmanuel Sanders' last game as a Bronco. Mm, if you remember that, there yep. was like a scene. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just didn't come out of the halftime locker room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you then, were there for that. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was there. Uh, and then a couple days later, he wasn't a Bronco anymore. Yeah. Um, and I fear that's what this is headed towards, um, which is so, it's sad for me because I was so excited when the Broncos drafted Jerry Judy. Um, but I just want everyone to keep this in mind. Like, you trade away Jerry Judy. I know he hasn't been that good, but <clears throat> he's starting for a reason. You trade away these other guys who are going to be desired. I don't know if they're going to trade Justin Simmons because he's just such an important part of the locker room. Mm -hmm. But you trade Justin Simmons, you trade Jerry Judy, you trade some of these other pieces, like, they're going to be worse. And I, I don't know if everyone's ready for that. Well, if like, you, if you want to tank, then you are. Oh, they're not going to have to tank. Like, the roster is already really low on, on the barometer of where NFL teams are. <clears throat> We've seen what this defense looks like when you take Justin Simmons off of it and you play a legitimate <laughs> offense. So I just want everyone to be prepared for that because, you know, I think there's going to be, like, a little bit of a celebration around each trade as they mm. are finally able to regain some of the draft capital that they've kind of uh, given up over the years. But I just hope everyone's prepared for a really bad football team if you strip – starting players off of it off of a really bad football team. yes yeah yes. <laughs> yeah so it's true what let's go down this road real quick so what if we don't trade anybody but we also don't tank that's worse yes no so where are we at <laughs> that's <bad>. worse <laughs> like make the trades i just want to like maybe make other plans on sundays oh wow. <laughs> the games are gonna be that unwatchable I mean, they will be depend like, OK, so what what do you think is the most players they could trade? Because it, it's rare to see a quote unquote fire sale in football. I say the most is two more. Like when you include Frank Clark, so Frank and then maybe two more will probably be the most so four total at the end of it. Gregory Clark and two more. Yes. Um, Give me one more than that. Although Todd's like, right, you, you never see true fire sales. Uh -huh. um, I would just throw Kareem in there just if a team wants another starting safety and you want to do by, do right by Kareem to, to mm -hmm. send them to a winner right now. So you, Frank Clark wasn't a starter, but in the end you'll have taken four starters. Frank was a starter, <laughs> supposed to be a starter yeah. until it fell off the rails. Uh, yeah. Um, four or five starters off of this team. 
like mostly on the defense, which right now is historically bad. You're gonna look back fondly upon that Bears game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will. I I mean I truly feel that way, and I I wrote that in our uh, our roundtable that went out or our Broncos pick 'em. It was like I was like I think they could win as many as four more games, but if they start tearing this down, it might be zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really true, which is crazy to think of. The only positive part of that is I think there will be almost excitement upon each loss mm. as it gets deeper. Like, no one is having fun right now. Uh-huh. Right. But if you're 1 in 11, 1 in 12, like, now you're actually, you can. You the can Panthers s- win a second game. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can reach out and touch Caleb Williams. You're yeah. so close that it'll at least be like a new thing for us, which is. Better than like, oh, if they win, they get the seventh pick. And if they lose, they get the fifth pick, you know? Yep. You got to start buttering up Caleb Williams, though. Because what you can't have <laughs> oh, is get gosh. the first pick. And he says, I'm going back to USC. That you can't have crazy. that. Oh, that would be so sad. Why wouldn't he just do a John Elway? Demand to be traded to yeah. somewhere? Uh-huh. Um, if he... Uh, I mean, because I now he there's too much money in college football. He could go back and still make five, six million. You also Without probably want to cheer for USC, which I personally can't do, but <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a, a connection to it, like because if they like win the national championship, then he doesn't have any, you know, unfinished business to go back and chase. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They so you're won't, not, though. you don't Their think they're winning nearly good enough. <laughs> um I I I understand certain franchises not wanting to go there. I don't think someone would not want to come to the Denver Broncos. Like I would think so. It has been bad for a while now, but like it's this is still one of the top ten most proud franchises in the mm-hmm. NFL. I agree with you. My only pushback is the last time the Broncos had a winning record and the last time the Broncos won in the playoffs, which was great, Super Bowl fifty with Todd Davis. Um <laughs> Caleb Williams was in middle school. Uh-huh. So he might not really Think of the Broncos as this proud franchise, like it is, and like we know it. He might not view it that. But what way. are his options? Like, if it's not us this year, then it's the Cardinals or the Panthers. Like, yeah, it's a it's a bad team again. Yeah, no matter who the it Bears. is, Bears. Like, out of those four cities, I feel like you gotta do Colorado. Gotta be your option. Yeah, especially if you don't do Arizona. Arizona's the only one that's like a. Nice city to live right, in. Right, I just right. hope Sean Payton can prove to him that he was tanking and he's still a really smart offensive <laughs> mind that you want to go, you want to go pair with, you know? Right. Because that that was my case like two weeks ago. It was like, of course you would want to go play with Sean Payton right. for the Broncos. Of course. Um, the the last two weeks of play calling have been really rough though. Yeah. Dang. Maybe that's like bringing Jared Stidham in and the last game of the season, him going off for three hundred and fifty <laughs> yards, and you're like, see, I can do it, I can do it. Although, maybe we see Jared. A little earlier than that. But that's a conversation for down the road. <laughs> Speaking of conversations, we want to get and talk to the people. Should we hit some super chats? Yeah, here. Would it. you pull those up, please? Got a lot of them. First one coming in from Silent One, who's not silent right now, says, Don't trade anyone until the following people are fired. Mm. Damani Leach, the president. Whoa. George Payton. Patrick, Patrick Smythe. Wow. Mm. Darren Moogie. <laughs> Kelly. Uh, I can't read all these names. Durso, Washua. Someone knows a lot of these Broncos people. <laughs> and the rest of the front office. Rebuild without those who caused it. 
Okay, Ooh. I know some of those people on that list are not associated with uh, football ops. So yeah. you don't have to fire those people. Um, but uh, Silent One, you know you know a lot about the Broncos. I'm impressed. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, to, to that person's point, like, um, they don't want the people that have built this to uh, make the decisions moving forward. Uh-huh. Well, Sean Payton's – or, sorry, George Payton's not going to be here next year. So And Sean's going, going to be the it. one really making – the decisions on these trades and what happens. George is definitely working the phones. George is coming up with the deals, but I can guarantee you that trades aren't being done without Sean Payton approving them. Mm -hmm. There's going to be multiple. Sean's got to get his guy things this off season. And one of them will be GM. Yep. Totally agree. Kyle coming in and says how bad it could get if the Broncos quote tank for a rebuild helmed by Sean Payton to only have him re retire. He's not gonna stick around. Oh, he'll be here for the glory if they get Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if it's like the third overall pick? Could he re-retire? Yes. I mean, he did. He did do it once. It's too much money on the table. It's so much. I mean, money. he's a grown man. He's had losing seasons before. He's won before. Like, I'm sure we're talking a lot in the media, but I think it probably rolls off his back at this point. He's a grown man, and I think if we just talked and it was bad for three more years. He probably collect his checks, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go to the uh, mastermind group, yep. and just have a just live a great life. Yep, because he'd be walking away from eighty million dollars right now. Just imagine, visualize. I don't know what eighty million dollars looks like in <laughs> cash, but just walking out the door with yeah. that right there. Say whatever y'all want to say. I'm going home to a very <laughs> nice house. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next one from Joshua McCool says, relying on you guys for trade updates this. Week. Yeah, we gotta turn your Zach Stevens tweet notifications <laughs> on. So I'm I just we'll really get into it tomorrow. And by the way, we're gonna be going live eleven AM tomorrow. So you're getting two pods within twelve hours. I'm pumped for that. That one's probably gonna be focused a lot around trades and, and what the future is for this team moving forward. Um I just personally wouldn't expect trades to happen in the next three days because teams are playing football in the next three days. So mm. teams are probably focused on that. Next Monday and Tuesday, mm-hmm. when those teams have wrapped up, is when I could see some moves start happening. I yeah. could be wrong, and Jerry could be traded at 8 a.m. tomorrow, though. I just wouldn't think so. The only benefit, I guess, of that for a team would be like, oh, they can essentially have him in the building um, by Sunday. He can, you know, just watch the game from a, from a box or something, wherever he is. And then on Monday, like, his feet are on the he's ground in. in the facility. That's true. And, Todd, actually, weren't you... You weren't traded, but the Broncos picked you up yeah. on a Friday, and you were traveled to meet them on Saturday? Yep, Saturday night, and then just stood on the sideline with the team for the next game. Yeah. They asked me if I could play. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't have the playbook, so don't put me in I don't there. want to look like a fool and get exactly. cut. Exactly. <laughs> not throw me in there. Smart. Uh, Kenji says, thinking of holding a jersey-burning ceremony on oh, Sunday dang. night. We need to break this curse somehow. Any other ideas? Hashtag Broncos country. Get some like rosemary or some uh, breaking <laughs> sage. Or some sage. Get some sage. Don't be burning jerseys. Yeah, man. don't burn a jersey. Man, that's just too expensive. I know. Don't do that because then you're going to go buy another one and spend more money. Can I tell you guys something sad? Yeah. I was given a Russell Wilson jersey for free. Mm. It's oh. never come off the hanger. Damn. Oh, no. Did you get it before last season? 
Mm, no, it was the Thursday night football game of last oh, season against the Colts. No, nine points. A, <clears throat> this question might be funny. Did you put it on a good hanger or a bad hanger? I think every person <laughs> in that closet, yep, yep. you know your good hangers yep, and course. you know your bad hangers. Uh, uh, maybe this makes me weird. All of my hangers are the same. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. Maybe. Oh, I have so many mismatched ones in there. Yeah, Definitely. You know, so, you know oh, the man. ones that you don't really yep, want to hang yep, a t-shirt yep, yep. on? Like, <laughs> I'm OCD about that. I hate the way it looks. Okay. Oh, see, I would prefer to be to, to be just like you, but my wife buys some hangers for some of her shirts, which are literally like this big. Uh-huh. Um, and so like I put something on, it falls off all the time. So I hate those, <laughs> but she has all the other ones, but she's bought too many of these other ones. And so, yeah, I have that issue, Todd. Okay, for sure. Yeah, it is, uh, <laughs> it is tough. So maybe yeah, check, you're not well, there? No, yours, no, it's on a good one. I just find it so funny how much you can relate in three different aspects of our lives. <laughs> True. I'm not a Oh, the best part of tonight. Justin comes in and says, I think there's reason to hope the defense has showed us a little promise the last two games. Maybe offense can start performing better. I don't know where we go. I hate being this guy. Like, I remember when I used to be the positive one, but hope for what? (laughs) Caleb. (laughs) That's what I like. Look. It's one in five. Um, this has happened once in our lifetimes. Yeah. And I guarantee the three of us don't remember it. Nope. Too young. <laughs> Who was even the coach? Wade Phillips. Was it, what year was it for him? 94. Uh, but he only had one. He only had one first, year. Yep, okay. Yep, yep. So tied for the worst first six games by a coach in Broncos. I wasn't history. even born wow. yet. Wow. I literally wow. wasn't even born yet when that happened. So it's never, this has never happened in your life. Never happened in my lifetime. Man, it is so crazy. What's just so I just keep taking steps back and being like, last year was supposed to be, we we're definitely supposed to come out of this. This year, we were definitely supposed to come out. And when I mean come out of it, I mean like borderline winning to. record. Mm-hmm. And it's the worst. Also, uh, my little brother who roots for the bad team mm. um, has never seen the Broncos beat the Chiefs, and he rubs it in my face so much. Yeah. Where I just like lock him in the closet at this point. Mm. Like, You're not coming out. <laughs> We don't recommend you doing that. No. Here, though. Unless no. it's my little brother. <laughs> <Not supporting. laughs> yeah. If it's um, my little brother, you can. The Broncos now have the third longest losing streak to one team in NFL history. The longest is 20. So they can't get there this year, which is good. Can't get there next year. The year after that, maybe they can get there. Hopefully we're not talking about that, though. Hank N- was telling me that there's a uh, conspiracy out there that like 16 is like a cursed number for the Broncos. So that was why the 16-point thing last year. Mm. Now 16th loss to the Chiefs, but like... Now that those two things have happened, it's over. It means you break it now. Oh, yeah. the 16 curse is yeah, gone. Yeah, okay. it won't hit 17. Okay, I love that. Wait, Todd, really quick, speaking of the, the defense, is there, when you start having good red zone defense, mm-hmm. is there something to that that you can build on, or is it just a fluky two games that happen to be back-to-back? Uh, no, I think there is something there you can build on. I don't know if you can translate it to the field because red zone is such a unique space. I actually used to like playing in the red zone, not when getting teams getting down there, but it's such a condensed space. Yeah. Offenses really don't have a lot of field to work with, so um, you can't run Travis Kelsey everywhere around the field because it's so condensed. So I think it's easier sometimes to play good defense in the red zone, especially when you're struggling in the field with all the space. So I think that's what we're seeing now is that guys are comfortable when they don't have to run around as much. Their assignment can't move as much. It's like condensed pockets. Yeah, and they can't run past you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. Greg G or Greg S says, with Wilson's contract, how is Caleb an option? 
Why not tank and trade that high first for more picks? Get a quarterback after Wilson's contract is less severe. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you can go about it. You really, it would hurt, but you can get out of this Russell Wilson contract after this year. Um, it's really the last time you can get out of it. Next two years. Yeah, yeah. You have a little window to get out of it, and it and it's going to hurt like hell. Yeah. But if you have Caleb Williams, it, it's kind of like a wash. It'll essentially feel like you're paying Caleb Williams for yeah. two years. Yeah. Like he is a franchise quarterback, which sucks because then half, I guess, two fifths of your window that you like to have. But it also might take you those two years to even get back to having a decent team. So then you have three years after that where you're kind of absolved of your sins from before and you get (laughs) to move forward um, with with Caleb. The other thing you could do because you have, I guess you said two years to get out of this, you could ease him in and you could start with Russ next year and. I don't know how much people would like that, but it is an option. When do chance for Caleb start happening in uh, in Power Field? Probably next week. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, you're right. Uh, The best scenario is that you can trade Russ, um, and I believe if you trade him, the cap hit that you have is a lot less. But if Russ – and there was talk of, like, maybe you could trade Russ, but – if he plays anywhere close to this, there's no chance you're going to be able to trade him. I think I think I like the option of trading, uh, you know, that high pick for more picks because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in college football. Whether you want to talk about Shador or many other names, like <laughs> we have time to get a good quarterback, so we can kind of build a roster to fit a young quarterback. Because I don't feel like right now him stepping into this and potentially if Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton get traded, I mean. Who are his wide receivers? Who are the guys that he's yeah. banking on? Like, there's nothing around him for him to be successful. So then we have a good quarterback. Then we have a big cap hit to where we can't go out and sign talent for him to, you know, really be able to play with. I just feel like that's not a winning recipe for success either. That's fair. And that's going to be a question. Does Sean want a more well-rounded roster? Or does he want to try to get Drew Brees 2.0 and try to get that caliber? Maybe this year he's realizing, like, shit. I got to have a really good quarterback in order to be successful. Um, Did you see the picture that uh, Shador posted on his Instagram, like standing in front of the Broncos logo in the suite? No. <clears throat> it almost looked like the picture they would took would take at like his introductory oh. press conference. I was like, oh, man, that would be nice. You can see it. <laughs> Next one from Andrew says, defense stepped up, but our offense mainly or mainly wide receivers didn't do anything tank for the number one pick but trade it for at least three first Mm. rounds for the rebuild get some decent wide receiver that can uh, separate to help russ one other thing with that you could trade that number one overall pick and then still draft a young quarterback that year it would Mm -hmm. probably be the third quarterback because you're probably not trading from one to two and getting drake may and getting enough of a return where it makes sense but that is something you could do as well all right next Uh, one if you (laughs) If you have the number one pick <laughs> and you trade it away and Caleb Williams ends up being the next Patrick Mahomes. And it's the most obvious. It would be the most unforgivable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a report today. I don't remember who it was from that said uh, Caleb Williams is a better prospect right now than Patrick Mahomes was coming yeah. out. And that's that's how he's viewed. So that'd be tough to pass up. Yeah, I just don't know if those it's rare that those big pro- prospects actually turn out to be great. Like, even the boy from Houston, like, he was, like, a so-so prospect. I I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tom Brady, 
Brock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of names who were definitely not even supposed no, to be like the true. guy. It's true. I'm trying to remember the last time though someone was considered the word that I hate, generational. Trevor Lawrence. Um, well, right, that one's working. Yep, Andrew Luck. Yeah. Andrew Carson Wentz. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is it's on. It's 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 coming together. Yeah. I don't say it's, it's, it hasn't worked. He's it's, also that's with fair. the Jags. Carson <laughs> <laughs> um, Wentz. So Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck for sure was work was for sure like you know he played. I think he played an AFC Championship game, but he had a short career. Yes. Yep. Carson Wentz was definitely not considered generational. No. Um, I can't think past. He wasn't even the first pick. Andrew Luck, who it would be. No, Jared Cam Goff was. Was Cam viewed as that? You think? I think he was viewed as. But he kind of had that one one year wonder thing attached to him. A little bit, yeah. <clears throat> so I don't even know who it was before Andrew Luck. I don't Obviously, either. like Ryan Leaf, is one I think that was like a huge whiff. Um, Peyton. Peyton obviously yeah. Was, yeah, was considered was. that. Yep. So usually Jamarcus the guys Russell. No. <laughs> <laughs> Usually the guys that get that label put on them are at least really good. Not all of them have been great elite all-timers, but they're usually at least really good. That's what he's supposed to be. That's certainly what he's supposed to be. He's yeah. supposed to be the next Mahomes. And, man, you watch some of those plays that he makes, and obviously college and pros are so different. But even just this last week against Arizona – like they're in a dog fight that they shouldn't have been in. And then he just like makes all of these winning plays. He's like stiff arming guys at the goal line and diving into the end zone. It's just like, oh man, be nice. How about Russ <laughs> stiff arming today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of Russ. There is a nice little run. Yeah. For sure. Started getting flashbacks of the concussions he got last year when he was yeah, trying was to tough. extend those runs against the chiefs. Right. Yeah. Frank Clark, I believe was the one that hit him and concussed him in Denver. But Frank why? Clark was never one of us. Oh, you were spot on about <laughs> that. <laughs> Wait, what about Vince, Vince Young? Somebody said. Mm. Vince Young was high that, up there. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, that's and a good he one. did not pan out. No. Nope. Yeah. He also had some off the field stuff that kind of held him back and mental health and that sort of thing, which obviously you know, same thing with Ryan, Ryan Leaf, different yep. situation, but yeah, um, a lot of times that's like the there's something else going on outside of just right their ability, right. But why says offense is solid, defense sucks. Defense is solid, offense sucks. Michael Scott, I don't know how he says this. Does anyone wanna snip, 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 snip? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds like my golf game. Uh, Driver's thought... good, irons are bad. Yeah, yeah, clip no, that. No, no, no. Uh, so it's this episode where he's talking with his girlfriend about having a vasectomy mm. so he's like you said you didn't want to have kids so i got a vasectomy then you said i want you want to have kids so i got it reversed then you said again he was like you just snip snap snip snap that's great andrew says rk is on to something with the tanking conspiracy wasn't sean caught for colluding with the dolphins that yeah. was the dolphins were caught for uh what was it, two years ago when they lost their first-round pick just last year um, for trying to get Brady and Sean there? I don't oh. know if that has anything to do with tanking, but, um, yeah. But yeah. it was the Dolphins that were busted for that. Okay, and the Dolphins also were accused, or were they? did they get punished for offering a coach money to lose games? Oh. Mm. Is that still going on? It might still be active. Because mm. that... That was Flores, right? Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, the Dolphins. <laughs> I, well, I guess it's worked out for him. As my mom always said, cheaters are leaders. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel so good about the Broncos' ownership and Sean Payton and if they were all just together in on a tanking conspiracy. Oh, me too. <laughs> I mean... It's still going on, and it was Brian Flores. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so it's still going on. Man, they might get busted again. Joshua says, uh, I can't watch another game. Ready to switch teams. I've been a fan for 25 years. Let's go Brock Purdy. Dang. I think that is a lot of Broncos fans' second team because, obviously, Kyle Shanahan, okay. it's in uh, the NFC, too. Okay. And now you got Randy Gregory to cheer for, right? <coughs> yeah, no, I yeah. don't think he moves the needle. I could never. Uh, you to know, I, switch teams, truly? I, yeah, I'm not going to shame anyone for doing whatever they need to do. Like, the Broncos... I can't really tell you why you should be investing your time or energy into them. Caleb. Um, but <laughs> there's no way I could just move on to a new team. I don't think, I don't think that's possible. Could you ever root for Montana? Heck no. <laughs> Never. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. <laughs> how, how much more would they have to pay you if you got a coaching job from Sac State? How much more would Montana have to pay you? Like double? No, uh, no, you give me a million more, I'll come. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like the most I could, like I'll cheer for the Eagles for Allie. Yeah, but there's no way, I, like I could ever be like, oh yeah, I'm cheering like for the Eagles to beat the Broncos. Right, you know right, what right. I mean? Like, Fully there's, switch. There's no, I don't even think that guy who sent that super chat could actually see a 49ers Broncos game and cheer for the 49ers. Mm -hmm. I think he'll be watching the Packers game next I, week. I think so. <laughs> it's we're 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 all. We all have this sickness. It's true. It's true. We're right There's back. no cure. Yep. You wake, up, you wake up with a hangover and you're like, I'm done. No more. <laughs> Next night, <laughs> you get the call from a friend. Yeah. You're out. Grady <laughs> says, fair to say this is a nail in the coffin for the Russ era in Denver. This just ain't going to work out in my opinion. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, like to me, the whole thing that you're just building up in your head is okay sean is gonna fix russ mm -hmm. <clears throat> when i liked sean payton you know in the coaching cycle my whole thing was if there's anyone that can fix russ it's sean mm -hmm. the fact that russ just had his worst game as a bronco with sean payton as his coach against a good defense you could even say a do you call it a top defense right now yeah okay is still I think, I think technically every single ranking there is like 10th. Okay. So not elite, so, but good. So yeah, exactly. A good but not elite defense yeah. is really, really concerning. And I think that it's fair to give Sean Payton more than six games um, to try and figure out this project uh, and, and try and turn Russ around. But the fact that it's going the wrong way is really really concerning and and to the to the commenter says is that the end of the russ era it certainly took away all good feelings everyone had about this potential thing flipping mm -hmm. so i don't know if it's the end <clears throat> even if it's just metaphorically the end but there's not a single person in broncos country who is not in full prove it mode now meaning you've got to put together like five straight really good games before people are going to start turning around. Yeah, and the big thing is going to be where do the Broncos land? If it is one or two, 
I think I don't think the Broncos pass on one of those quarterbacks. But what if they are three or five or six, and they're not getting one of those quarterbacks? Are you uh, getting the third best quarterback in a draft, and then also paying Russell Wilson eighty million dollars to leave your team? That contract really is going to be a tricky thing to navigate here, and that's why. Honestly, when he has bad games, it becomes clear he's not the future, but it makes it also more difficult to move on from because no team's going to trade for him if he plays anywhere close to this. So, I mean, we're not going to be lacking storylines moving forward with this team. Broncos never do. And every game is still going to be very important for the future of the team, even though it's not as important on a week-to-week basis. Next one from Chop says, I think Sean is tanking. It makes sense. We got ex-Oklahoma teammates, and the fact He's a Mahomes prototype. Sean gets a second chance at drafting his Mahomes. I'm telling y'all, it's, this is the best world that we can live in right now. <laughs> <laughs> that this is all just a big brain operation. You mean reality? Wow. Hey, I, I hope so. It's a good reality. Yeah. 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 Just a pinky in the brain. Yeah. And we're going to take over, take the, over world. the world. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. This Don't do one. This. Last time you said this is when you told us that Sean Payton actually called the timeout. Yeah. This one. Yeah. This coming in from Mike Kliss, a Sean Payton quote. Quote, to win in our league, you've got to be better throwing the ball. Speaking of Russ. Now, obviously, maybe he could have backed that up, and maybe we ask him tomorrow about it, and he says, well, you know, it's all 11 guys, me as well, play caller, but that is just a direct shot right now. Mm-hmm. Wasn't nearly as bad as the timeout one. <laughs> well, that's very <laughs> true. Uh, Corny Hendricks coming in and says, uh, man, that loss hurt. Seems like either the offense is good or the defense is good. They never work together. And also throw special teams in there. I mean, special teams... Hurt them last week as well when they were in a tight game. And speaking of special teams, I mean, now you see Montreal Washington out there with the Chiefs, and, mm-hmm. like, he has a fumble, which is, like, okay, classic. But then you see him take a return 30 yards or something. It's mm-hmm. like, come on. We already saw this with Isaiah McKenzie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't work for the Broncos. They move on from him clearly too early when they shouldn't have. He goes out and balls with the Bills. The commenter said, man, that loss hurt. <clears throat> I'm jealous. Yeah. I wish it hurt for me. I wish you cared. <laughs> Alexander. I do care. Just does the losses don't hurt yeah. like they used to. Yeah, it's true because they're just you're so used to them. Yeah. Alexander Brown says tank trade pick for more picks and build for Arch Manning. So he's another young quarterback yep. that we could potentially yep. get a couple years from now. Yep. Not a bad, not a bad choice. Twenty-four before Arch. Oh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to have a watch on to do it? Uh, I, I mean, Shador really does do it, it in the game without his That's watch. That's true. On. Yeah, uh-huh. you guys have some bling watches. Those are nice. Of course, yours. Is I can't cool. really compete with Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta. <laughs> yeah. You gotta slide it down. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ivory Hotline. Says, hey, Todd, I am a student at Sac State senior year. Stingers up. What was your favorite place to go out around the area? So glad you're on the pod. Oh, thanks, man. Um, Definitely Stingers up. Shout out to Sac State. Um, I used to go out to Midtown, downtown Midtown, Sacaria. There's a great taco space down there. And then I also did a lot of house parties. I had a house on uh, River Lake, so I mean, everybody used to come there, so it was a good time. <laughs> You're the guy hosting, yeah, for sure. I like it, for sure. man. Todd, that is so cool to have someone from Sac State tuning in. 
Man, I wish I could have hung out with Todd in college. <laughs> we would have had a good time. But it's not too late now. Except if the Broncos were doing any better, we would have a great we time. Would. We could still have a great time. <laughs> we're in a bar. We have a bar. We do I mean, that's bar. that's a pretty good place to start. Yep. Is that it? You here? That's it. That's it. We did it. <clears throat> we made it. Any final thoughts? Let's go, Caleb. <laughs> Let's go, Caleb. Todd, anything? Um, I think. Tank, tank, there it is. And uh, we're not really going anywhere. We're going to go sleep and then be right back. We'll see you in 12 hours. Make sure to tune in where maybe we're talking about a player update. Maybe we're talking about a coach update. We know there's going to be something worth talking about. So tune in, 11. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. Late night. See ya. Flying cotton